Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. Today is September the 30th, 2019, and I am super, super excited because the guest that I have here for you to be exposed to today, Stacy Michelle, is going to take us on an incredible journey, her journey. And because Align with Lina is about giving everybody who hears this particular program or watches it live on Facebook an opportunity to see that ordinary people like Stacy, like me, like you are undergoing an, an extraordinary spiritual awakening. How that awakening happens, we don't know. And it's different for everybody. But the process of awakening is always the same for everybody. We are dismantling a limited sense of self and opening up, awakening to an unlimited sense of who we are, claiming our divinity, claiming our authenticity, claiming our infinite potential. And yes, that includes our sexuality. So today I am thrilled to introduce you. Just an honor to have Stacy here with us. Stacy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Lina. I'm so excited to be here. Well, this this is going to be a fun conversation because so many people have so much shame around sexuality. I know I did. So let's just dive in with the way that I start all of these conversations. Tell me, when did you begin to realize that there was more to life than what you had been taught there was? Sure. So my journey in awakening started at the age of 30 and there was no major catalyst. I was in a yoga class and this yoga teacher said, it's my last class, and by the way, I do energy healing work. And I am, as a woman in corporate America, I was thinking to myself, well, that's really different, and that's really interesting. <laughs> I'm going to explore that. And literally, the work uh, illuminated, shed the light of truth on this whole uh, world outside of the physical. And was it was such a deep healing experience, and was my first portal into understanding how much we hold in our bodies from the past. And so that was a very deep healing experience. And that's how it all started for me. Yeah. So I like how it just started without you even planning it, because yes. it, it is that way for everybody. You know, you just started yeah. with curiosity sure. um, about something that was outside of your, the realm of what you knew. And yeah. I, I want to take a second to to kind of highlight that when we enter this journey of, of realizing that there's more to us than what we have been taught there was, yeah. we all have to enter into the realm of the unknown, the realm of the non-physical, the realm of energy. Mm -hmm. So you started off with that like right away. Yeah. Um, most people kind of work their way to that. Not everybody, but some, you know, the mm -hmm. majority in my experience you know, in the 12, 13 years of doing the work that I do, walking people through their spiritual awakening, mm -hmm. usually that comes later. But for you, it came from the get go. So what yeah. was that experience like for you as you began to experience that energy inside of you? Because mm -hmm. it's either in motion, which is what healing yeah. is all about. We are mm -hmm. in alignment with emotion of the creator, the creator's yeah. divine energy flowing mm -hmm. through us or it has been blocked, it's no longer in motion and turns into pretty um, negative emotions, you know, held stuff. Share your experience with me, please. Yes, there was a lot that I was holding. I had grown up in a, an environment that was quite volatile. And so it wasn't safe to feel my feelings. And so I like to think of it as that I had this armor that I was wearing 
And this energetic healing work was really helping me take down that armor and release what I was holding, the, the sadness, the fear, the anger, the abandonment issues. And yeah, it was just this, this massive catharsis of all this stuff that I had been holding. Yeah. So share a little bit, if you don't mind, and you don't, no, don't you get to decide how, yeah. how much you share, by the sure. way. Um, yeah. But when you say this environment that you were in, is this, yeah. you mean growing up at home with mm -hmm. parents? Yeah. So about what age were you when you had to begin to develop that armor and tell us a little bit about what, what was generally going on that had you not feel that it was safe to be your authentic self as a child? I, I, well, I think the, the big, I think there was a lot that had happened in that household, but I would say that one of the, the biggest events was, was sexual trauma that I experienced at the age of seven. And that wasn't through a, a, an immediate family member, but, um, you know, that event happening and my, my parents not being aware of it. And at the time, me not disclosing that to my parents, I think there was just a huge sense of uh, not being protected, not feeling safe in my body. Um, and then also my parents having their own issues and, um, and again, just having their own dysfunctional relationship. There was just, there was a lot of dysfunction where I didn't feel safe and I couldn't be, I didn't feel safe being me. I didn't feel safe in my body. Yeah. yeah. But you know, what you're saying is so key and so important that we highlight here because yeah. we create our inauthentic self. We put on a mask, we put sure. on an armor yeah. when we don't feel safe to be ourselves. Right. And it doesn't matter the situation that is happening when yeah. a child loses its sense of safety mm -hmm. to be authentically itself. We feed our egoic self. We feed that need to protect. We feel the what essentially becomes an inauthentic personality. Yeah that through life, like you said, as an armor blocks us from feeling even our own authenticity. And we literally think that we are this, this false self. So take us through, through the journey of healing. Then what begins to happen is you're getting in touch with things that you probably were repressed memories. Yeah. So, um, I think for me, it was really, like you said, kind of awakening to, to parts of myself, awakening to my intuition. I was a, I, what I had done as part of this armor I was wearing was really um, moving into the societal narratives of how we should be earning money. And so I just kind of did everything the right way. I was in a corporate environment. I was working really hard. I got my CPA. And then through this awakening process, I really started to get in touch with this extremely intuitive woman who was very in touch with the non-physical world. And, um, and then in terms of the repressed memories, yeah. So I actually, at the time when I started the energy healing work, didn't realize that I had this sexual trauma. And then through this opening, it was as if my body and the wisdom of my body said, okay, Stace, you're ready to look at this and to heal this part on a very deep somatic level. And so this energy healing piece was just kind of that first step along the journey of uh, me waking up to the truth of who I was. And I think that um, our, and my aliveness, I was so shut down for yes. so long. <laughs> I was like, no orgasms. I was really just, you know, even with me, my relationships were just completely a mess because I wasn't safe opening my heart to men. And so to 
have um, the sexual healing piece was so crucial to my journey because when I started to feel more pleasure and aliveness and safety in my body, I could then feel safe being with another. I can feel safe being with a man. And so um, for me, that sexual healing component was was crucial and, and so important. Yeah. Well, I so agree with you because yeah. I I grew up Catholic and mm-hmm. in and my grandmother was a big part of my my upbringing. This was in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. So, I grew up in an environment where I was basically, you know, told that if mm-hmm. I had sex before marriage, yeah. I was going to be a slut, that mm-hmm. I would disappoint God, that I, I was yeah. a sinner. So, sexuality had a really kind of a negative aspect to it. Then on the other side, my mother was a very, she was um, atheist, by the way. So she didn't practice Catholicism. She was probably one of the most feminine women I've ever known. Mm. Her sexuality was just unbelievable. It was, she was sexy. She was powerful, Mm. so elegant. So I'm watching her be all of this feminineness and talking to me about, well, the day is going to come that you are going to have sex and you're supposed to enjoy it. And she's, I'm a child. I mean, I'm talking 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And my mother is telling me about the pleasures that I'm going to have. Wow. And then I have my grandmother telling me about the shames that I'm supposed to experience. So as it pertained to sexuality, my mind was being filled with two different distinct belief systems. One was based on fear. And the other one was my mom telling me that I needed to love myself, love my body. So that exactly what you're saying, I could then give of myself fully to another. Mm. So the first time that I had sex and it was before I got married, um, I felt such incredible pleasure on the one hand and such incredible shame and guilt on the other hand and fear that this thing that brought me so much pleasure was going to, I was going to get punished by God and society was going to shame me. So I'm sure you hear a lot of that through the work that you do with women. I do. And I really want to segue here. This is a beautiful point because a lot of times we think that these societal narratives or the, the, the stories that we hear from our family system, such as, you know, sex is sinful, sex is shameful. If you're a sexual woman, you're going to be a, you're a slut, that these messages stay outside of us. And mm-hmm. yet, you know, neuroscience shows us that we carry this stuff in our bodies Yes. And it deeply impacts how we show up in the bedroom today. I had a client who came to me. She's in her late 40s and has had a deep aversion to self-pleasure her entire life because her mother had deep Catholic conditioning and would be very vigilant about whether my client was self-pleasuring when she was really little before she even knew what self-pleasuring was. She was smelling her fingers. So, yeah. And so this is something I feel that we need to uh, understand and become aware of that no matter that we carry these messages within us, within our bodies. And, Absolutely. Um, and yeah, and it can be the most innocuous events. It doesn't have to be something like I experienced like deep trauma. It can, it can just kind of be these, um, these events that occur that are, we, we might consider quite minimal over the course of our childhood. Let, let me share a couple of yeah. my own and yeah. yes, they are, 
natural to just about every child. Yeah. Um, I think I might have been six or seven years old and we had some friends over to our house and it happened to be a couple of boys. My my family, we were all all girls, four, four sisters. Wow. And we had some uh, family who came and stayed with us and they had a couple of boys and we decided to to just start kissing each other and mm -hmm. totally, completely innocent. Sure. So no big deal. But, yeah. you know, that still left something in me, an imprint in me mm -hmm. that as I began to do my sexual healing in my 40s, I remember going to that event when I was yeah. like six, seven years old in, in the closet kissing these other boys. Yes. And I really held a part of me felt shame because mm -hmm. as I was being taught about sexuality, even though the conversations with my grandmother were when I was older, that mm -hmm. memory of, of that, that instant came up into my mind and it was encapsulated in, in shame. Yeah. It's, it got stored in my body. Another mm -hmm. experience I might've been 11 or 12. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I was quite the adventurous little girl. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was 11 or 12 and my cousin, a girl cousin, yeah. wanted me to go to her house. We went to her bedroom and she started kissing me. Mm. And I was like, that it felt good. Yeah. It felt totally good. At that time, yeah. I did not know about homosexuality. It just sure. wasn't a conversation in our yeah. that I, I was exposed to. And I thought, oh, wow, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And a couple years later, I'm kissing another boy. And I was, oh, wow, that's cool too. So yeah. For me, there were moments in time that were pleasurable and innocent and fun. And as yeah. the conversations with my, my grandmother started when I was a teenager, yeah. I began to feel those those memories got encapsulated in shame. So, uh, you know, innocence, yeah. pure innocence. Yeah, I love that you're putting a words to kind of this concept. And what I want to make clear on this on this airing here is that we all have the power to heal. And if you really want to wake up to the pleasure within your body, it, it's it's about reclaiming. It's a reclamation of that innocence of who you were before you received all the messaging from family, from society, from religion of who you should be sexually. And so that I think is one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves as women is to, um, I'm just get. I just got a little ADD there. We had a beautiful comment on, on the board. Yes. The greatest gifts we can give ourselves as women is to get in touch and to write our own storyline of who we want to be as sexual women today. And so I hear, yeah, it's just we have this comment here: aha moment. Sexuality was dirty. I've never felt safe in my body. Angie, you're not. You're not alone. I mean, exactly. Alone. This is stuff that we've all been subject to. That we've all heard. And yes. yeah. Well, and it sounds like through your your um, healing journey, you began yeah. to activate those old cellular memories, which are yeah. pockets of suppressed emotions, yeah. suppressed experiences yeah. um, that you had to feel, you had to get in touch with to begin to release them because yeah. the, these experiences add up and they create that massive, massive barrier between us and our authentic self. Right. So say more about yeah. your process, what mm -hmm. brought you to the place that then you finally came to your authenticity when it came to your sexuality, yeah. which obviously has led you to then help other women mm -hmm. with their journey. Sure. Or men, I'm, I, you know, yeah, anybody. Yeah, men as well. Totally. I love working with men. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful journey working with men. 
So uh, because I had experienced trauma, I first had to do a foundational level of somatic experiencing work. So for any anyone out there who's had any kind of deep trauma, I highly recommend doing somatic experiencing. Peter Levine is the pioneer in that work and finding yourself a somatic experiencing practitioner. Um, Say a little bit about what somatic means, because I'm sh not everybody may understand what that word is um, refers to. Yeah, so it's essentially working with the um, the trapped trauma within our bodies. That you know, if you look at an animal in the wild when they get shot, they're able to shake. They're either shaking or they're frozen. And a lot of times, when we've had trauma, our bodies don't get the opportunity to discharge that trauma, and so we hold it in our bodies, and it becomes blocks blocked and then it, it manifests itself in various ways in yes, our physical. we can't we can't shake it off we we freeze right. it we store right. it for to review it when we are mature enough right exactly to unpack it yeah so somatic experiencing essentially gives our bodies the opportunity to discharge the trauma that we weren't able to at the time of the incident yeah yeah so then from there then I was my body was more open to uh, was more open energetically and sexually. And so I was able to move into Tantra and um, just a variety of, of breath work and, and sounding and movement and different practices to support the continued awakening of my body sexually, working with the jade egg, which is my favorite ancient sex toy for women. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's really um, in a nutshell, again, there's there's a whole um, body of work that I, I teach um, and that was part of my journey of healing. Also working with inner child work, um, working with healing the mother-father line around sexuality. Um, yeah, there's just a whole, whole host of practices that you can do to really work with the body. And I want to just make a really clear point here, Lina, around this healing piece. It's not talk therapy. So talk mm -hmm. therapy is important. We need it. It helps us cultivate awareness. But we are working on a very deep uh, level, cellular level within the body to get to the root of these patterns that we've been experiencing in the bedroom, that we've been experiencing in the relationship and to transform them. And as you say, get more in touch with your authentic self. Oh, absolutely. And Angie, you're making a comment and for whatever reason, um, it's okay. not coming up here, but let me, let me bring it up because uh, yeah, Stacy. Can you see it, Stacey? I just saw it flash. I think she's, I, I believe she said, what if you're not sure where the trauma happened or, or yes. what the deal is? Can somatic experiencing help with that? Yeah, it absolutely can. So the you don't actually have to get the storyline around trauma. You can simply, um, if, if it's impacting you now in some way, uh, you can work with that event. So if there's a shutdown in the bedroom today, we can find where that shutdown is in the body and then support your body in releasing it. So you don't actually have to get the storylines from the past or really understand all the events. If it's relevant, uh, your body will give you the information. If it's supportive to your journey, your body will give you the information, but sometimes you don't need it. Uh, let me let me highlight what you're saying because yeah. that is so important to understand because when we're moving through this uh, journey of awakening, yeah. What is happening is that everything that we need to see to heal 
does come into our awareness. Yes. What we have to be do, do all, all that we need to do is to be willing to work with whatever arises, but don't go digging for what has not come into your awareness to look at because mm-hmm. our mind will start digging in areas that actually become a distraction from what wants to arise for healing. And not everything that happened to us held a memory, held the energy of hurt, we might have been able to shake it off in that moment. If you threw a tantrum, if you screamed and yelled or wrote a letter or shared it with a friend that was compassionate and heard you, that experience got expressed. What we're talking about is what got suppressed. And that is what we have to allow the body to to guide us that that somebody who is experienced a good, good um, experienced therapist, somebody who has gone through this, this is why not everybody is a good therapist when it comes to uh, spiritual awakening, because the spiritual journey is not the same as like what what Stacy's talking about the traditional um, talk therapy or traditional psychological work that we were used to awakening is a whole different animal because you are dealing with mind, body and spirit. Spirit is pushing forth what's in our body that blocks us from the awareness of the presence of our authentic self that never left us, but we left our alignment with it. Mm-hmm. Nice to say. So share Stacy from then what you went through, mm-hmm. how did you then become involved in wanting to teach this and yeah. share what is it that you teach so that, mm-hmm. you know, folks who are listening can get a, a glimpse of what yeah. is the potential that comes from doing the incredibly uncomfortable healing work, because I know that that was not easy for you. Um, It wasn't easy for me, but how do you help people? What are you teaching them that we can look forward to? Yeah. I really support women and men that are, that know in their heart of hearts, they've been on the personal development path for a while, that sexuality is is the last frontier and they are having challenges, feeling great amounts of pleasure and orgasm in the bedroom. And it's deeply impacting their relationships and it's deeply impacting their relationship to their own bodies and their own sexuality. And they are truly ready to take that journey to heal their bodies from the inside out. And so that's really um, who I support. And it's a journey of what I call, we go down two paths, the path of purification, the path of healing, and the path of pleasure. So we, we kind of traverse between both paths. And I am not one, I'm, I'm a guide. I empower my clients with a set of practices and tools that they can use for the rest of their lives. Because once you get on this path, of sexuality and empowering yourself sexually it's an it's a never-ending journey there's it just right pleasure is constantly expanding and it just has so much infinite potential and and it's to me i mean if you're going to spend your time doing something why not self-pleasure right if you if you uh if you want to take on a journey right at the very least least, because i'm biased i've been single i've been single now for over a year without a a sexual partner and pleasure is definitely on my to-do list it is part of my ongoing agenda because let's let's kind of take a little aside because i do want you to share more how you help people um you know, give us tips and tools and ideas. But I want to take a little aside because when, when I had my sexual healing happen, I was probably 45 years old. Mm. 
I had been um, resisting for about a year the advances of my best friend's husband, mm. who kept just in, insisting that we be sexually involved. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. My Catholic uh, talk was very much active. I was married at the time. He's married to my best friend. Yeah. That talk or Catholic talk is letting me know that you don't do that. That's wrong. Yeah. What would people think? So my ego was very active, letting me know all the things I should be afraid of. Sure. But this is where you were talking about the path of purification. Yeah. My soul was telling me that I needed to accept this. Yeah. I was being guided to, I mean, all of a sudden, there was this from the resistance and the no came this like a yes from the bottom of my soul mm -hmm. that I could not deny. Yeah. So I gave into that. I decided I was going to do that. And what began to happen through that sexual encounter, not so much during the moment itself, but immediately, immediately right after my mind began through a purification process. I began to remember all of those experiences that had been stored, all wow. of the shame, the guilt. It was running through my mind wow. like a, um, you know, like a movie. I was yeah. watching all of the, the, the mm -hmm. still shots of my life, yeah. sexually speaking, so many of them. And I began to experience this purification that had me realize that by me stepping into something that I had considered so taboo, I actually stepped through this fear of sexuality. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I began to feel this pleasure that actually did not happen so much during the actual sexual act, mm -hmm. because my mind was racing with fear. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really feel the pleasure. But mm. after I went through that experience, yeah. I began to feel this incredible aliveness. But I want to preface that that my decision to say yes to that experience mm -hmm. came the afternoon after I had gone through an energy session. It was the first energy healing session that I had. Yeah. And in that energy healing session, I experienced mm -hmm. the awakening of my Kundalini energy. Wow. And when I felt that energy move like snakes coming up uh, through up each leg and, yeah. and that joining that happened in the pelvic area, mm. it's as if I was cleansed of, of so many things. And now there was a lot more to that experience that, that I'm not going to get into now. But one of the things that happened is I realized that that sexual energy is divine God energy. Mm -hmm. It is the energy of the creator yeah. expressing itself. Mm -hmm. So then that afternoon, I called my friend and I said, I'm ready. And we made an appointment to wow. when we were going to get together and have this sexual encounter. And after, like I said, after that experience, I began to feel what mm -hmm. true sexual pleasure was mm -hmm. about. And it had nothing to do with another human because he wasn't there. And it wasn't with my husband because I didn't have sex with him for, you know, a couple of might have been a couple of weeks. I needed to kind of be with what was happening in my body and my mind yeah. and my spirit. So I just want to share um, that because, as you said, the purification that happened in my body and my mind mm -hmm. is what activated my soul's pleasure, my soul's rightfulness mm -hmm. to express itself sexually that that orgasm happened mm -hmm. without somebody else because it was me saying yes 
to all of me. It, like you said, it was almost like that one final piece to accept mm. about who I am. So I just want to share that. But yeah, wow. That's incredible. It's amazing how we have these people that come into our lives that become these, these catalysts for our own growth and our own healing. And um, I really honor you for opening up that door and for following the call. And um, again, I think that because we live in such a sexually repressed society, because I think this is such a taboo topic in our world that we don't even know what's available to us yeah. in terms of resources and healing in this area. So um, I love it. Sounds like for you, it was more of experiential. Is that right? Initially? It, it was initially. Yeah. And, yeah. and we, we might've had uh, two more encounters sexually. Yeah. And I realized that I, the first time was really the only one that needed to happen for yeah. what my soul was experiencing mm -hmm. for that purification okay. to take yeah. place. Um, and then lots of other healing opportunities came from mm -hmm. that little pieces that that became clarified, especially my friendship um, with with his wife. Um, yeah. But anyhow, that experience allowed me to be to to drop my judgments around yeah. women or men yeah. who had sexual encounters while they were married or had sexual encounters while they were single with married people. Yeah. And, you know, what's so amazing, Stacey, is that after that, um, and I was already started, I had already started my coaching practice then, but after that I have coached many, a dozen women or so, and, and some yeah. men in there who had shame around having had sexual encounters. And we use that shame with yeah. those sexual partners to, to again, forgive themselves and experience, um, a rekindling of that sexual, sexual energy. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm feeling like, let's talk a little bit about, you were talking about that we, we've been taught basically societal yeah. norms yeah. have Correct. been such that have made yeah. sexuality taboo yeah. and wrong. Right. Can we touch on that? What do you teach people about that? Because I went on a, uh, on a quest. I got so curious about how did we come to the place of making sexuality taboo? And I discovered so many things that blew my mind about how sexuality had been controlled, very specifically controlled. Um, to indoctrinate people with fear about sexuality. Can you share what you have learned about how all of that came about? Uh, to be honest, around the, the history of it in terms of kind of how we have gotten to a place where these societal narratives exist, uh, I can't really speak to. It's more from the idea that they are here and that they're impacting our bodies and how we're showing up in our bedrooms today. And so really what I'm focused on is how do we um, empower, how do I empower my clients to write a new narrative to essentially create a storyline that aligns with who they are, uh, which is I'm a sensual sexual woman and this is what it looks like for me and to stand in that truth um, and to experiencing it, experience it. And, and again, it's a, it's just, it's a fire. I don't, it's interesting. I kind of make it systematic, even though the body doesn't work very kind of uh, systematically, uh, but it's really about healing your body from your, from the inside out. It's, it's understanding your body, like our bodies as women, oh my goodness, our pleasure playgrounds, as I'm sure you know from your own practices, right? We have the cervix and the G-spot and our breasts and our anus, like we have all these pleasure centers available within us. And I think a lot of times we don't really understand 
uh, what's available to us as women in terms of pleasure. So educating absolutely women about our bodies, um, and then also uh, turning up our turn on. So once you start to get that sexual energy moving and you're you're doing a lot of healing, how do you then amplify and expand your ability to feel pleasure? To have full body orgasms, for example, uh, to you know, how do you reach these states? You do that through some of the practices that I teach, um, and that segment of the work I do with my clients. So, and then eventually we get to a place where I empower my clients to make it a practice because pleasure is a practice. Just like <laughs> when we go to the gym, right? We, we lift weights. We usually, um, we need to continue to do that to, to get strong and healthy. And, and similarly with our bodies, um, a lot of these parts of us that I mentioned, the cervix, the G spot, we don't, uh, we haven't paid much attention to. I like to say the clitoris is the star of pussy. She's the star <laughs> of the show. She's like out there. She's visible. And I think she gets a lot of airtime in our in our society around women's sexuality. But these other parts of us, are, there's just so much pleasure there. And, and in order to get in touch with them, um, it takes some practice. It takes working with these with these parts of us. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of the, the broader um, framework. And then eventually we get to a point where you can actually start to do sex magic and to leverage this creative energy to get what you want in your life, which the secret doesn't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that's because of our sexually repressed society that you can use the sexual energy, this creative, powerful energy to, uh, yeah, to create, to create things. So it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Very yes. Powerful. And what you're talking about using that that powerful energy for creation. Yeah. It's so key that we understand that. So let me then jump back and say a little bit about the history of how we sure. began to to see sexuality as taboo. Okay. So jumping backwards in in many 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 old civilizations, sexuality was so common, so open. Yeah. It was it, it was just revered when two people came together it was essence the masculine and feminine energy regardless of their 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 uh gender yeah. when that so it could have been two guys or it could have been two women mm. but when a masculine and feminine energy came together in the two coming together oneness was created mm -hmm. and the creator of all that is is this one power and it creates through its oneness because from one comes all okay. so as sexuality was seen as this creative center that brought two energies together and, and magnified, not only through human life, but it magnified. People would, would come out of these experiences with creativity alive. I mean, just fully willing to, to extend a song, a poem, something. You know, it just makes you alive. Yeah. As people were seeing that, that was such a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Little by little, it began to become controlled and reserved only for those who thought that they were the only ones worthy to experience that pleasure. So men and women in power alike began to, to create this idea of sexuality being wrong, being taboo, and only being allowed when you were given permission to have it and with whom to have it. Yeah. And the for thousands of years, what actually is an act of the creator to express itself became an act that humans began to use to to create subserviency, mm -hmm. to repress and suppress people so that 
if you if you suppress somebody's life force, you literally suppress their creativity. You sure. suppress their desire to be individualized, to be fully, completely unique and authentic yeah. because it is not convenient for ruling people to have all kinds of unique free beings ro roaming all over the place yeah. because without fear, we don't become um, controllable. Mm -hmm. So for so many thousands of years, be, be it through government suppressing, you know, controlling who can have sex, yeah. making um, prostitution illegal and doing things yeah. like that for yeah. the masses, but not necessarily for them mm -hmm. or or the the church suppressing that and telling us that sexuality is taboo and wrong for yeah. the masses, but not necessarily for them. Yeah. Um, we bought into for thousands of years the myth that sexuality was wrong and bad when in essence it is a powerful life force. It is the creator wanting to express itself through two people who come together sure. in a beautiful, loving union where you are receiving one another. You're giving and receiving in that moment mm -hmm. and miracles blossom from that experience. So I just wanted to add that little piece yeah. that I discovered because that was so key for me to understand where this came from so that I could forgive it and move forward mm -hmm. to do sure. exactly what you're doing, moving forward and helping people reconnect yeah. um, and reclaim because that is what yeah. we're doing. We're reconnecting and reclaiming. So share more about uh, just suggestions that you give people because we've got a, you know, a little bit more time that yeah. would be wonderful practices that you feel comfortable sharing with our audience. Sure. I think that um, breathing is actually one of the most powerful um, initial steps to working with your body. And um, it's interesting. I didn't really fully understand the power of the breath. I've been taking yoga for, for 10 years now until I actually started working with it in a sexual context. And so um, just open an open mouth connected breath. And then you can use it. At, so it's pussy breathing is what I call it. And you just breathe in and out of your pussy. Really focus in breathing in and out of pussy as if pussy had a mouth. And the power of the breath is such that it really allows you to allow the body to take down what we call cort cortical control all the parts of our brain that are on lockdown because we've been conditioned as we've been talking about that sex isn't safe, pleasure isn't safe. The breath is so powerful. It's able to get past these control mechanisms in our brain and access the deep, deep layers of our unconscious. And so the breath is powerful in the sense that it could really be a beautiful healing agent if needed and can also be an agent for pleasure. So just to give you an example, Lina, to ground this further, I was in Mexico with my colleagues in my sex coaching certification. We were all naked most of the time. It was like amazing. Women self-pleasuring together, just doing all these beautiful practices together. And so we would have these hour-long breathwork sessions. And in that room doing breathing similar to what I just described, you would have women that are crying and that are raging. And yeah, just kind of letting go in that more of that purification path. And then there were women that were laughing and having orgasms. So this is just kind of to help everyone out there understand the power of the breath as a beautiful portal to healing and to greater states of pleasure. And so just by doing some pussy breathing, 
again, this is like, you know, this is just one practice. This is not the be all end all. And this is a very elaborate, extensive journey. So, uh, yeah, but it's a good start is just to reconnect to your body, reconnect to your pussy, because a lot of us, some of you might be cringing right now because I'm saying the word pussy. It's a part of us that we, um, a lot of us sometimes don't even feel very connected to. And so it's a, it's a beautiful way to just start to, um, make that connection on that relationship. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. being able to say words like pussy and clitoris and, yeah. and, you know, penis to be able to say things like that openly yeah. without mm -hmm. shame requires that we have done, um, yes. enough healing work, you know, when they're said in the context of, you know, like perverted sexuality, well, that's a whole different thing. Sure. But when you align with with sexuality as, yeah. as this life force, as this beautiful yeah. gift from the creator, mm -hmm. yes. um, they're just words that, mm -hmm. that don't have a charge. They have a specific instruction for what it is that we are we're doing. We're using these words to communicate. Yeah. But to get to that place where you can even say those things, people have to get past uh, body shame. Yeah. How how do you help people? How do you help your your clients get comfortable with their body so that they get comfortable enough to begin to to just enter into the world of sexuality? Yeah, I think body shame um, goes back to again like the societal narratives around you know we're fed from the media what our bodies should look like. So a lot of times we feel like we need to live up to those standards. And if we don't, that can result in shame. Or if we have experienced unwanted attention as we're developing as young women, that can start to um, imprint us with a sense of shame around our bodies. And so it's the same same practices, Lina, in terms of um, finding the shame in our bodies, finding that deeply embedded, uh, these deeply embedded imprints and working with the body to release them through a whole host of practices. The body is very wise. So when we decide in the healing space that we are going to, that the desire is to have a beautiful, connected, loving relationship with our bodies, our body will show us through sensation, more often than not, where she's carrying the shame, the guilt. And then again, we work to unravel them unravel those patterns through a series of practices. Yeah, yeah. because what you are, what you're teaching, what you're helping people um, become more aware of yeah. is one, the desensitizing that took place of our body when when yeah. we stored things that, that yes. carried shame and guilt that were not expressed, that we didn't shake them off. Right. So in essence, you're having to teach people to let themselves feel things that they didn't want to feel that were suppressed that and many of us didn't even know we had them there to feel. Yeah. So that has to get activated before you can have those, the sensing mechanism become pure, purified, as yeah. you said, to yeah. then experience pleasure. Yes, that's right. What are some practices, you know, like a, a tip that you could give about how people can begin at the very early stages of getting in touch with their bodies, like for example, how, how Angie was talking about, she never felt safe in her body. Yeah. What could be a starting point to begin mm -hmm. to cultivate feeling safe mm -hmm. to connect with our body? 
Yeah, this is this exercise comes from Peter Levine and um, tapping actually. So just claiming our body. So this is my palm, right? My palm belongs to me. My palm is a part of me. And in my palm, I'm feeling whatever the, so you can just stop tapping and then what do you, in my, now I'm feeling tingly sensations in my palm, right? Absolutely, it activated yeah. it immediately. Yeah, whatever, right. So you just continue to work with different parts of your body and claiming them as your own, right? Reasserting boundaries and tuning into sensations is a really beautiful first step. I had a client, a male client, who um, had been bullied for, for quite a lot of his, his upbringing and couldn't feel anything in his body. And after five sessions of working together and giving him practices like this, he was able to start to feel feel sensations in his body, which is phenomenal. And as you as you beautifully articulated, Lina, a lot of us lose that sensitization. We lose that connection to our bodies because our bodies don't feel like a safe place to be um, because of the guilt, because of the shame. And so we disassociate. And so the very first step when I work with a client, if they can't feel in their bodies, is to... Um, do these kind of sensitization practices uh, that we just did. It's, it's retraining the brain. It's retraining the brain to understand that this is a safe place to be. That's foundational. And it's an alignment. You're, you're yeah. aligning your mind to accept the, those, that brain and those neurological pathways yeah. to begin to accept that it is safe. I like what you were saying, the word reclaim. Yeah. We, we have all of this. We, we have a spirit, we have a mind, we have a body. Yeah. And that alignment of mind, body, spirit is so key to being somebody who's fully aligned and integrated and awake and authentic. So I love how, how simple that exercise, yeah. just of tapping your body yeah. and, and recognizing yeah. that you can feel. Mm -hmm. Don't you find that so many of your clients come in uh, when they can't feel? Not only because they they don't want they couldn't possibly remember those those traumatic experiences, but that they do so many things to numb themselves from feeling. Yeah, I mean, I think that is another societal pattern, right, Lina? I mean, we have all these. Well, now especially we have a lot of distractions, and um, there is this idea of like feeling going into the shadow, going into the darker emotions and really kind of getting raw with ourselves. Um, it's just not, I don't think it's part of our, our conditioning, right? Like to, to accept the journey into the sadness and the anger and to, and to feel kind of what we call the darker emotions. So um, yeah, I think to your point. So what do we do? We numb out, we drink, we binge eat, and, and and not to knock anyone who does these things because I've you know I've absolutely I've been there too. Me too. Sure, right. So or um, even use sexuality just strictly as a numbing agent. Oh yeah, like I and I've totally been there. Like not just being there as a is for performance, sex performance, exactly for the sake of performance versus being embodied and connected and present with our partners. Yeah. So it is. It is such a part of the cultural narrative, and I think. I think at this point, we're really in, in this beautiful time of, of awakening yeah. to our divine feminine and our divine masculine and kind of the Me Too movement and kind of what's going on politically, the kind of president we have right now in the States. It's a call. It's, it's like all this darkness is coming to the light 
for us to transform. So not only do we say me too, but it's saying, well, what do we do now? Well, now we heal. Now we heal. And so. Exactly. I love what you're yeah. saying. And then Angie, thank you so much yeah. for your comment that you had issue, you had connection issues. Yes. We are all disconnected yeah. from ourselves. Of course, we're going to be disconnected with others and you will catch up on what you've missed. I guess you're, you're going to have to uh, leave. And yeah. she says, thank you ladies so much. I want help with this. I love okay. being a strong, spiritual, sexy woman. Yay. Absolutely. Well, I hold a vision of your, your strong, sexy woman because yeah. We all have that in us, a strong, sexy woman, a strong, sexy man. Yeah. And that movement that is happening in the world today is really as within, so without. Mm -hmm. As as our soul is seeking to express itself and awaken, yeah. the world is made up of, of people. The collective is individual people with yeah. an individual awakening that is happening inside. Sure. You know what? That, that creator that gave us this creative power to have pleasure mm. has been watching us experience suffering and is saying enough. We are being called back into alignment yes. with the truth of who we are, with our yes. birthright, yes. which is to claim our wholeness and then share it with another because yeah. we're two or more gathered. There is love. Yeah. This process of giving and receiving not only of our mind our knowledge our heart but our bodies so that that energy that kundalini energy can do its thing yeah. is so restorative and regenerative of who we are yeah. so it is just an absolute incredible thing that is happening and i'm so grateful yeah. for people like you who who you do your own inner work and you do you do that healing um, that oftentimes, you know, we, we want to do it in hiding because we don't want anybody to know that we're doing yeah, it. But right. when you heal, you want to come out and tell everybody that yeah. you did it because it it brings you back to life. So, Stacey, just share what has happened in your life since yeah. you have done this, because your transformation, as you have shared with me before, is, yeah. is remarkable where you yeah. were to where you are now. Take yeah. us on that journey, please. Yeah, it's been incredible. Um, I think I'm, I'm like getting a little touched by just kind of going here with you is um, feeling really dead inside and feeling, um, you know, like that lack of orgasm, that scrutiny of my body and hating on my body. And now just feeling like so much love and reverence for my body and and feeling the orgasms and feeling pleasure in my body and being able to, to, to feel that within myself, to have the power to cultivate that within myself has been such a tremendous gift and such a tremendous experience. And then also, um, you know, to now have a man I can feel safe with and who sees me and is present and is so loving, like to, to basically create this, beautiful relationship that I've been calling in for, for so long <laughs> and um, to actually experience that um, has been remarkable. And I believe, Lina, it was because I did the work myself first. I put a stake in the ground and I said that I was going to be a warrior for my own heart and that um, my reclamation of my own pleasure and that profound act of self-love, I believe, was was part of what brought this kind of relationship into my life. 
Well, um, let me just highlight those words. It yeah. is a profound act of self-love to heal ourselves. It is. It, yeah. While we are hurting, we cannot be happy. It's impossible. I am a student of A Course in Miracles, and A Course in yeah. Miracles teaches that the creator has given us one purpose, and that purpose is happiness. Yeah. You cannot feel, experience the joys of your birthright to be happy while you have aspects of yourself that are hurting. And as adults, we we intellectualize that the past happened and it's done and it's over with and you you don't want to pay attention to it. But that is actually something that we have got to stop doing. We we have until we are a hundred percent happy for no reason, we have something inside of us that is hurting. And we have to give that part of us voice. So I love hearing your your commitment to self-love because that is what love is. I am loving myself enough to reclaim every closed off aspect of me exactly. that needs to experience the healing power of love. Yeah. yeah. So how can people find you? I know obviously through Facebook, they can send you a friend request, but how else can yeah. they connect with you? So I have a really beautiful um, complimentary Facebook group called The Pleasure Pioneers, and it's a safe space for women to um, explore their relationship to their sexuality. I'm there delivering content fairly regularly and answering questions. So if this is something uh, that women feel called to step into, I invite you into that group. And I'm also uh, launching a group program, a very intimate group program for women. Uh, starting in early October. So for those of you that feel like you want to really dive into this work and to be surrounded by like-minded women along the way, um, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook or you can email me at Stacy at stacymichelle.biz to get more information about that. So uh, spell out um, your name so that people yeah. who are listening to this as a podcast, yeah. so they know sure. exactly how to find sure. you via email. So it's Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at... Stacy S T A C Y Michelle M I C H E L L E dot E I Z B I Z B I Z. Yeah, excellent. And then if they're on Facebook, they can send you a friend request, and then they can yeah. search the Pleasure Pioneers uh, Facebook group, which is yeah. a close group. So the that's only way right. that they can enter it is if they yeah. have to send you a request. Yes, yeah, um, right. and then you will let them come in. Yeah. I I am so grateful that that you have shared this time with me. And now I just want to ask you kind of a final question. Sure. You've done all of this work to align with your authentic self. Yeah. And while while we're having this human experience, we come out of alignment. We have our egoic yeah. mind. We have our yeah. old belief, our conditioning. Yeah. When you get pulled out of alignment, what is your practice to bring you back into alignment so that you can operate from your authentic self? Mm-hmm. I come back to my body. I come back to the um, whatever I'm feeling, the fear, the anger, I find it in my body and I embrace it and I talk to it and I understand, I try to understand what's going on. And that, that is a really huge piece of, of how I realign myself is really working with um, the practices. I work with my clients. I teach my clients. It's all about coming back to the body and and finding where those misalignments are hanging out and to embrace them and understand them and see what they have to say. And that helps to transform and bring me back to center. 
and how beautiful because the the word embracing uh, it's it's a self-loving process to embrace to put our arms around our anger our pain to just hold it and let it be um because from the place of clarity that you are at or i'm at or somebody is at after they see enough things within themselves we can hold that part of us that is screaming and and know that it doesn't have to have power over us yeah it's powerful when we're able to do that and when we a lot of times after we embrace these parts of us they tend to to quiet a lot of these parts of us just want to be seen they want to be heard they want love exactly it's like you were saying earlier um we weren't able to express it and shake it off in the moment. And I feel that all of our hurt is nothing more than uh, something that gets stored as, as a memory for us to come back and, and see how much do you love yourself? Can you be with that thing that you didn't express? Can you be with it today? Let it express and still know that who you are is okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is a very gentle process like we're always revisiting that little kid inside of us um but we can't let that little kid run our lives that that's not authentic although we have to return to that childlike sense of innocence and wonder before we took on that experience and labeled it as something we couldn't we couldn't deal with in the moment you have just been such a beautiful gift this conversation has just been incredible thank you so much for your vulnerability, your your transparency, your willingness to to share here so that I know Angie, just from all of her comments, yeah. got so much from it. And yeah. we've had such a nice little audience here. Thank you, Stacy. This this is not easy work, but you've done it and I I admire you. Thank you so much. I really honor you for having the leadership to bring a topic of this nature onto your program and thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing your experiences and i honor you for taking the path of purification and the path of pleasure in your own journey so thank you well it's transparency has freed me to be myself and aligned with my source so thanks a bunch and to everybody that is with us thank you for joining us and next week on monday that is going to be october the 7th I have Shannon Plummer. She is a musician. She is a shaman. She is a healer. She is just absolutely incredible. And you are going to just really enjoy that conversation. And I want to thank Angie. She sent us a comment that this was beautiful. So Stacy definitely received that. And Gretel, who's saying thank you for all that you do for us women. Uh, Yes, yes. Thank you, Stacy, for all that you do. Um, thank you all so much. And I'll see you next Monday on the at Align with Lina, 12 o'clock, and we will have Shannon with us. Thanks a bunch, Stacey. I'll talk to thank you all later. You. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.